Did you know you could sponsor Nerd and Tie? That's right. For $20, we'd say your name here and say how cool you are and how you look fly in those jeans, even if you're not wearing jeans. That's just the kind of people we are. All you have to do is go to nerdandtie.com and click on the Sponsor Our Shows button on the menu, and you can find the instructions there. Also, you can contribute to our legal fund by going to gofundme.com slash nerdandtie. This month on Nerd and Tie, we give you an update on what's going down with Bubba Plus. Keep the Lightning trailer. Dune was a movie, yet another Cowboy Bebop trailer? Star Trek Prodigy premiered, and the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. All this and more on a particularly spooky episode of Nerd and Tie. Oh, I gotta get used to live changing that level because Skype <laughs> always wants to turn your audio down when the music's going. I, I, um, so I, I, um, in case people might not know, we're recording this on Halloween night. That's why it's I, it's spooky. I gave that it's Blah. very spooky. I've got my, um, I'm, I, I'm not a real witch like Trey, but I do have my, my, like, hat on and my cape and i feel very cute tonight so um yeah it's 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 gonna be fun um i'm very excited to talk about you haven't introduced uh, us though this, uh, yeah you yeah, haven't introduced us I, I know i know i'm getting to it i'm, I'm very excited to talk with the nerd and tie host so um Noticing what a poor job I'm doing is the uh, actual Wiccan, Trey Dorn. I'm taking notes, and uh, you'll be presented with a letter grade at the end of the episode. I don't, please, I don't, I, I just want to wear a cute outfit. Um, <laughs> Look, your schoolgirl fantasies include the school. You can't Darn just it. pick one of it. Part fine. My... <laughs> Rec- having recently exiled the cat out of their recording space. My friend and yours, Gen Proc. Okay, but <laughs> I love him a lot, but he likes to bite my feet to let me know <laughs> that he wants to play with me. I, w- I want to point out, I just want to be really and clear. And I'm very ticklish on my feet. <laughs> I want to be very clear when I joke about schoolgirl fantasies. My, my, my joke is about Nick fantasizing about uh, being back in school, not <laughs> fantasizing about schoolgirls. I just want to yeah, be really no. clear. I want to be really clear Dodge about. That I'm, bullet. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Nick fantasizing being back in 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 their school days and nothing else. I would, I would say there, there's, yeah. Just to, I to double clarify that. Yeah, I just wish I could have had a. Look, I just wish my adolescence was a lot more like Little Witch Academia. Is that so much to ask for? Yes, it's yes. a lot to ask yes, for. Yes, it is. It's but, absolutely. But, but it is Halloween. We it know what Hall- Nick's Halloween costume is. Trey, what is your Halloween costume? Uh, I am dressed clearly in an elaborate cosplay that is uh, too large for my office. Uh, it's highly detailed, and I will oh. I will tell you exactly what it is in a moment. Um, I am one hundred percent dressed up as um, uh, robots in disguise, Megatron. Um, oh wow! The yeah Very yeah good. yeah the the car robots one, not the so yeah. I got the big purple wings, you know everything. I'm in hand mode right now. It's really difficult to hold I'm, this position. 
I was about to say the really impressive part is that you managed to make all six modes work with your yeah, costume. No, I didn't expect that. I, I didn't know I was this flexible, but I trained. Um, yeah. I I got ready for it, and I, I was, I, you know, um, and... You know, you'd you'd be surprised at what you can anchor things on, and that's just all I'm gonna that's... say. <laughs> How about you, Benjamin? Oh, this year I'm going as a depressed thirty-something-year-old. Oh, <laughs> oof! Oh no, <laughs> too real. <laughs> Extremely <laughs> relatable. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Oh, oh gosh, no. Um, well. I, I feel like tonight uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about, um, some of which I'm extremely excited to talk about, and and some of which I have no idea what is awaiting me, including okay. our first story. Our first so, story is so we're going to talk away, about Trey. we're going to talk about Bubba Fest, which we talked about on the show a year ago. Um, we talked about Bubba Fest a year ago uh, when the the owner of Bubba Fest, uh, Chris Lewis, mocked the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So. Let's just say this is a less positive story than that one. Um, <laughs> so, so oh, if, if you if you so just to give you like some context about Bubba Fest and and Chris Lewis, uh, Chris Lewis, besides you know purposely inviting Vic Mignogna as a guest uh, after everyone else was saying, hey, you know, maybe dudes with multiple documented sworn accusations of sexual harassment against them might be a bad choice for con guests, you know that stuff. Uh, Sweet crossword, but uh, and like literally, um, and and I played a clip last year of of Nicolaj Coster Waldo on Jimmy Kimmel Live, in which uh, the the two of them compare Bubba Fest to the Fire Festival. So, uh... just to give you some context, you can go back and listen to that that old episode. Um, I'm remembering it now. All right. So uh, what we mentioned is, and and there's a there's an article on our website about this also. Um, Back uh, September 21st, 2020, we published something on our website about this in text. And there was just a little side note that they had uh, uh, originally filed for bankruptcy but withdrawn their bankruptcy after getting uh, a PPP loan. Right? Okay. Uh, and uh, so here, th the reason why we have an update is because uh, Chris Lewis, uh, legally David Christopher Lewis, um, is currently incarcerated... In um, Horry County, um, uh, Horry County. This escalated very quickly. <laughs> Horry County, South Carolina. Oh. And uh, I have I have confirmed. I am I am literally at time of recording. He was booked on uh, he was booked on October fourteenth, twenty twenty one, and as of October thirty first, twenty twenty one, he is still incarcerated. In Horry County, um, I don't believe he's gone to trial yet on what he's being held for. So he, but he's so he's in jail, not prison, but uh, uh, he's he is currently in jail. And the reason the reason why uh, I have been looking into, and uh, remember that I have not been able to confirm the actual like charges he's being held on. Um, so it's. I, there's a there's a level of hearsay here. So this is this is the the allegations that I have seen put on on Facebook on like rate that Comic Con and and other other places. And what people have messaged me, I've had a couple of sources uh, not wanting to go on the record talk about it. Um, 
which is why we haven't published an article, uh, is apparently it is related to that PPP loan. Um, he the the rumor is is that the, the, again we have confirmed that he's in jail. That we one hundred percent know that is fact and verified. But um, he, the the rumor is is that uh, he's the reason why it was for the fraud involving that PPP loan. Um, that loan was for to to remind you was for one hundred ninety five thousand dollars. Um, that he got for for Bubba Fest, in which he claimed there were seventeen employees with an average salary of uh, about fifty five thousand dollars a year. Um. So. And and again, it's you know Bubba Fett, It's located in Kentucky. He got arrested in Myrtle Beach. Now you may be asking yourself, why was he arrested in South Carolina when he he lives in Kentucky? Um, that there are rumors and stories that about him going on the run, but I have not confirmed any of that. Ah. <laughs> But, oh boy! So again, all of that is rumors as for why, but I can one hundred percent say that Bubba Fest owner Chris Lewis is currently incarcerated in uh, in Horry County, South Carolina. He's currently oh. in jail. I'm looking at his mugshot. Wow! I'm, I'm looking at the I... Horry County Jail uh, website, which lists him as, as again, as of October 31st, 2021, as still incarcerated. She is. Wowzers. Did you see why I didn't want to tell, do you see why I didn't want to give you guys details about this story before the episode? I wanted, yeah. Yep. Wow. What a bad guy. What? I, I don't even, you know, part of me doesn't even care why he's in jail. I'm just happy that this garbage bag is there. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a good, it's a good, it's a good fit for him. Yeah. yeah. Good for good him. Look. Except no, not really. I mean, it's just, it's just an amazing tale. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Just. Oh. You cannot, you cannot make this stuff up. You, you just cannot make this stuff up. It's this is this is real life. This is, yeah. Wow. I I don't know what I was expecting there, but okay. Uh, I don't even know how. Well, you know, know this, here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the federal government takes fraud pretty seriously. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. No, I've, I've been told and, that. And you know, it's it's you know, if you're a convention runner, committing fraud of any kind mm-hmm. is bad. It's real and, bad. And and and, nah. and eventually, what happens is, is you can try to avoid it, but once the feds get involved, you're kind of boned. Mm-hmm. And now again, I don't know for sure. You know, like I have not been able to confirm certain things with the story beyond the incarceration of of Chris Lewis, like of David Christopher Lewis. You know, um, I have not been able to, you know, confirm that this is exactly why he's there, but I suspect it probably is. Uh, Man, what a bad look for your convention, too. It, you know, it's oh, it's like... a bad look for any convention if the person who owns and runs it commits fraud. 
I mean, it, it, you've already been compared to Firefest. How, how much worse does it get? You know, and this should maybe be a warning to other convention runners that they, they should maybe don't do that. Yeah, and and then maybe, maybe if they have, things are going to catch up to them. Yeah. But yeah. But but we're just going to talk about this convention runner today. Yeah. 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 Let's uh, we'll stick to to that yeah. for now. For now. Uh, well, you know what, uh, you know what, uh, speaking of things that were unexpected and, um, delighted <laughs> me, albeit for completely different reasons. So, uh, earlier this week, the trailer dropped for the animated film Lightyear starring Chris Evans, I, not as the yeah. action figure Buzz Lightyear, but as the space hero Buzz Lightyear. It's a trailer, and we need to talk about it. Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting about like the the tone they're going for. It's very different from the previous iterations of the Buzz Lightyear like show within the show canon. Yeah, um, it's even it's actually kind of weird even for Pixar. Like I'm I'm the trailer that we have looks very like not grim but optimistic and kind of quasi serious not yeah. what yeah. i was expecting for serious chris evans very... as... yeah well, well i got like the inspirational hopeful movie kind of thing yeah yeah like the weird thing for me is like when you see buzz lightyear in toy stories in in the but... toy story movies the action well, figure, is a... not the guy. <laughs> we need to oh. clarify. <laughs> so you're saying, like, this is the guy the action figure was based off of? Right. So, yeah, like, yeah, the idea is, is, is that this guy. is the, the See, fiction. I totally yeah. misconstrued that. Oh, no. <laughs> I no, was just like, no. man, I hope at the end of the film the dude wakes up and he's just like, he's been the toy the entire time. <laughs> No, 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 no. the The idea that is great. that this is the this is the fiction okay. that the toy is built off of. Uh, they did that this did before. Not come across to me at all. They did this before with uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Uh, was a cartoon starring series. Patrick Warburton. Yeah, starring Patrick Warburton. Yeah. There are two yeah, versions. Yeah. When are those guys gonna show up? There, are, there are two versions of that of the pilot. One that has Tim Allen, and the other one with Patrick Warburton. Um, but and then the series is Patrick Warburton. Um. Like, it's, like, that was a very tonally what I expected for, like, a Buzz Lightyear series. Like, it's exactly. very kids' cartoon action That was action-y. much more, that was much more totally similar. Yeah, this to is, Story. this feels, where it's like, oh my god, it's the in-universe dark gritty reboot of Buzz, of Buzz Lightyear. And, yeah! And, like, and, and it's got, like, with the David Bowie music in the background. Yeah, like it's just like whoa. Like I'm not opposed to it. Like I'm, I, I actually think it looks kind of charming. If I'm gonna be, oh no, I'm here for it. It's such a weird idea. Yeah, Chris Evans says one freaking word in that whole trailer. He says and. He says a conjunction. Yeah, that's all we get of of Chris Evans. We get we get a conjunction. We get a conjunction out of Chris Evans, and I know it's con- a conjunction because, according to conjunction junction, that's its function. Uh, yes. I, I several uh, 
there there were several uh, Gundam fans over analyzing the trailer who were quick to point out there's a bunch of like round singular eyed robots uh very briefly in the trailer and mm. all of them are green except for one red one. Oh my god and it's like <laughs> oh god it's secret is buzz lightyear char <laughs> that's that's gonna be your real your twist is that when no. buzz lightyear oh kills the people who might reveal wait. that his real name is Cosfall daikun wait 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 if is 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 are someone gonna draw the unified pixar reality that it's that it takes that the whole thing takes place in the universal century <laughs> Yeah, it, that's that's what it is. The first new type was actually Woody. You didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, wait. Let me go on AO3 and look up Toy Story X Gundam. Is Lightning McQueen the eventual, like, eventually what happens to mobile suits? That's, I... Well, in, in Gundam in Gundam Thunderbolt, there was a uh, ethically highly questionable program that the Principality of Zeon started, where amputees could start fusing their bodies with mobile suits. So, like, I'm not ruling it out. I don't know. Cars feels more like it fits in with G Gundam. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, but th there's a similar like storyline in which like it may not be what well, is it in universe of Gundam that like they have Gundam toys uh in a kind of and then you get if you really want to get the really weird meta you get the build series where which is an anime in a universe where the all of the other Gundam anime the non build series Gundam anime are anime that kids watch the difference is that they can build mobile suit model kits and then fight with them angelic layer style um like i feel like we're losing the buzz lightyear part of this <laughs> i feel like we need to well, get back to i think that like yeah, i love I was, guys I was getting there yeah, okay okay sorry lightyear gets a toy series based off of it gundam oh. gets a toy series based off of it Oh my god. That's my link. Is the it's Pixar universe the together. build series universe that explains why the robots I, can fight each other? I I'm I'm here for it. The toys I'm are alive. There's it. it's they're actually just regular Gundam model kits. <laughs> it all makes sense now. I'm No, I'm willing to buy this. This sounds this sounds believable. <laughs> Wait, there's not much to say about the trailer other than the fact that it looks really cool. It's it, it a looks really fun. It's, it's it's weird. It is it is bizarrely inspirational. There's like a gag in the whole thing. Do um, we do okay, question though. Do we care about um the change they made to his chin? What part? Cuz it's still Derek Wyatt ginormous, which is yeah. what I care well, about. Cuz cuz the the toy version of him has the swirl. And apparently the the real version has a dimple. I I I might be just reading too much. No, I think things. I think I think it's uh, it's the dark gritty reboot in the universe. Okay. 
I okay. always, when I looked at the toy, I just assumed I mean, it's Buzz not... Lightyear was bad at growing a beard. Yeah, it's, was... it's, it's hard to say. Like, I don't want to call it the dark, gritty reboot. Like, I don't think we're going to finally see Buzz Lightyear kill someone. But if Buzz Lightyear <laughs> kills someone in the movie, I, I will buy everyone pizzas. Okay, but, 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 I just had a brainwave. What if this movie does really, really well, and they make another one similar to it, but it's a dark, gritty western Oh, like it just like unforgiven, but with Woody the cowboy. Yes. <laughs> Get like a. <laughs> just do it live action. Yeah. Get Tom Hardy or something. Get Tom Hardy. Um, There's and, a snake uh... in my boot. <laughs> you know, it's just the. It's, it, it'll be a lot like Hell on Wheels, but... Oh, God. But with no, Anson Mount. Anson Mount. Get Anson Mount. Yes, yes, yeah. Anson Mount. Mount is Woody. <laughs> We're too good at this. I want... I oh, want man. Dreamcasting. <laughs> Who plays Jesse, then? Um, I... My my default is like uh because like my like I don't know my my default like a former child star turned uh um pretty good action lead I would go with Haley Steinfeld just because yeah, I, I like her a lot and she's she's done western she was in True Grit but is she, she was in the but, remake but is she age like appropriate for Anson Mount. Ah, that's see, but like, I guess I don't know if they are supposed to be dating or if he's like her older brother or something. Yeah, but they're still spo- uh, they're yeah. still supposed to be relatively similar. Yeah, in age. there's that's true. That that maybe go work. weird um, like Isla Fisher. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, um, or Amy Adams, what, what? and then just swap them out between each other, and yeah. you can't tell the difference. Um, <laughs> I can tell the difference when they talk. I can't tell the difference when they're standing there. Um, my my, I feel so bad because I have trouble thinking of things. Amy, honest to God, the first thing that comes to mind whenever I think of Amy Adams is she's a good actress. It's too bad that the DC movies wasted her horribly on the worst version of Lois Lane ever. Hey, she um, also had that arc on Smallville. Oh, I, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> Wow, she should stay away from DC. This has not been good for she her. She should just don't just Superman. She should stay away from Superman. Just, just stay Clark away Kent from is not a Amy. no bad. It's All not right. a good look for All you. All right, so I think do we have anything else to say about the Lightyear trailer? I I don't. <laughs> I I'm, don't. I'm, I'm I'm charmed, and the animation is gorgeous. Yeah, They're... it's it looks pretty, and we, yeah. Okay, so uh, speaking of looking pretty, uh, Dune came out. Dune. It was the first half of Dune. Oh, I haven't seen it. I'll give fair warning. I haven't seen it, and I've never read the book. Have you um, seen any of the adaptations, either the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries no, or I the eighty-four movie? Okay, I know absolutely I, nothing. All I, I've heard is um, that fans of the books really like this version. Okay, so I've never read the books. But I have seen uh, David Lynch's movie, and I have seen the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries. So uh, that is my 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 relationship to Dune is now. I have seen three different adaptations of well, in this case, the first half of the book. Because 
literally this movie is the first half of the book. The second half has been greenlit. Uh, the second well, movie has been greenlit, least. so they're okay. going to make the rest of the movie. <laughs> but I will say they did take like two and a half hours to do um, half of what David Lynch already did in a way too long movie. Um. <laughs> so like the original Dune felt like the 1984 Dune was like, it's really too long. The director's cut is like a slog. Uh, this apparently said too much happened there. We need to slow it down and made a two and a half hour movie, which only covers half of the David Lynch movie. And like, they didn't even bother casting Sting's character. I'm not going to... I Look, I know the character's name. I'm not going to try to say it out loud. I've never been good at saying it out loud. The character Sting played... That, to be fair, he only appears in really minorly in the first half of the book, so they didn't bother casting anyone and just wrote him out of scenes. So he's going to show up and be this huge character in the second movie with no plot seating because like, it feels natural in the David Lynch version because he's like, even though he doesn't say anything in those earlier scenes, his appearance is significant and he's there. Right. So in this version though, it, it like the first movie was fine, but like when we hit the second movie, um, it's, it's a fairly, it's, it's a very pretty movie. The visuals mm-hmm. are gorgeous. If you, I've, I've heard that I, I watched it on HBO max and cause I don't feel comfortable going back to theaters yet. Uh, but, um, it, it it is a thing that I could I could tell watching it that I would be like it's one of those things where I'd be like oh I'd be so moved right now if I was watching this on a giant screen, uh, the cinematography <laughs> is gorgeous. It's well it's not that it wasn't un you know moving or that I didn't see it as good but I was like it's it's one of those things where I know certain scenes have a bigger impact on me in those condi- which is why I go to theaters you know in the first place. Uh, so overall, it's an enjoyable experience, I guess. Um, the nice thing about watching it at home on HBO Max is that I could pause it and then, you know, go to the bathroom. Because, again, it's two and a half hours long, and I am 41, and I, my, my, my body's not great. Um, so during a movie that long, I will have to get up and pee at some point. Um, I'm gonna get in trouble with uh, Dune fans. Uh, I- I've not only not seen the movies, I tried to read Frank Herbert's Dune when I was 16 years old. I got bored out of my skull, and well, I never finished it. To... I'm I'm sorry, everyone. Well, I'm sorry, every. I, I will say that, like, Just... for most of my friends who have talked to who are fans of the book series, like, really don't think it gets it doesn't get moving until the second book. Well, that's not <laughs> because the whole point of the well, no, but me. the whole point, but also that's the problem is that like the adaptations. Well, I guess Sci-Fi Channel did do an adaptation of the second and third book as as a single miniseries, uh, but like part of the whole point of D- the Dune series is that it subverts the the White Savior narrative. But the problem is the first book is just the White Savior narrative. Um, so yeah, it's got to like, establish that. Yeah, you have to establish it to subvert it, and so. Like, it just ends up reading straight, and so, like, whether or not, yeah. But, like, the problem is with this movie, it's just that it's fucking, you could, I think there's a wonderful hour and 45 minute movie in this two and a half hour movie. Um, Sci-Fi Channel did it as, like, a three hour miniseries for the whole book, and they did it in two, like, hour and a half pieces, I think. 
and both of and that fit the plot in at the right pace. Like it got the right, the whole plot in there. Two and a half hours on what really is an hour and a half of plot is just like and I just padded fifteen minutes with some scenery porn. Hour forty five, great movie. I would have loved it, but at two and a half hours, it's just there's a lot of going. Like I mean, that's that's cool looking. That's a nice shot. I don't. And also, this is just my one problem with Dune. My biggest problem with Dune, and it pulls me out of the story every single time I watch something or anything like that. There's a character named Duncan Idaho. And look, I get that we're in a future Earth where people still have fairly mm-hmm. typical first names. Like, the main character's Paul. Like, I'm fine with the, the Duncan part. But the surname of Idaho. What the fuck <laughs> happened in this fa- guy's family's history where someone changed their last name to Idaho? Because no one has the last name of Idaho because Idaho, the name of the state Idaho, is a word that a guy made up and lied about its origins. A dude claimed it was a Native American word, but it's not. It's not based off anything. A dude, the state of Idaho has a name that is a made-up word, which means some point in Duncan Idaho's family history, someone said, hey, I'm going to change my last name to Idaho. And whatever happens in Dune is so unimportant to me wanting to know the story of whatever guy who, like, I don't care if it's, like, hundreds of years in the past said, I'm going to change my last name to Idaho. I want to know that guy's story, and I don't give a crap about the spice on Arrakis. Screw it. Tell right. me tell me like, the story of the it, Idaho family. <laughs> is, is Are they, like, the last Idahoans to exist? Right? Like... Did everybody else in Idaho die? And this last family said, "We shall remember Idaho by becoming Wait, like t- the Idaho." Is this tied into um, uh, Zombie Land and just like people were right. named after the state they were from? I'm, it's far I'm enough curious. in the future. Is this the descendants of that Earth? Like, <laughs> well, no. This is a sequel to the 1996 film Spice World. I was of the understanding gotcha. that that's that makes perfect what sense was with the going on. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. But, I stole that uh, joke and I'm not apologizing. No, don't. It's good. Um, <laughs> but no, Nick, um, to your credit, a lot of sci-fi writers from that era are pretty dry. Well, like, it's that's very the hard thing, to read though. their stuff. Like, like, more, like <clears throat> if you're not into it, then. Like yeah. I love Ray Bradbury. I love uh, what you've what you've lent me of Isaac Asimov. I could get into. I just I don't know what it was. Nothing about this. Yeah. Uh, nothing no, about I... this world was like uh, clicking for me at all. And I told I told a friend this, and uh, his reaction was, "Well, I could understand, especially where you're at now. You not getting into it." I'm like, "No, no, no." I was a 16-year-old identifying as a boy at the time, and my friend paused. He's a huge fan of Dune, and he's like, yeah, if you didn't like it, then there's no, you're never going to get into this franchise. I'm sorry. I guess, like, I my only thing I say is you might want to check out the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's cheap, uh, but it's well-acted, and, like, it's, the, the cast is actually decent. It's, like, um... My oh, second uh, favorite of King Dune. Arthur adaptation is a TV miniseries, so I can't knock it. I, I'll probably enjoy it. Who knows? 
Yeah, it's. I'm trying to remember who the cast of yeah. the. Oh God, don't show me that. Dude. Yeah, Frank Herbert. Dude, like did three parts. They did in three parts. Don't feel bad about like not being able to get into a certain writer because it happens to everybody. Like my, I found out that I cannot get into um, Dracula. I just, I've tried reading Bram Stoker and I just, it's not for me. But I uh, don't know why. But Sci-Fi Channel's. Um, it's weird. Sci-Fi Channel's version had a. Uh, uh, you know, Alec, like, like most of the actors in the Sci-Fi Channel version, you're not gonna remember. Like, you're not gonna remember Alec Newman. Who is Alec Newman? He played he he's, he plays Paul in the Sci-Fi Channel miniseries. I have no idea. Has this guy done anything remarkable? Uh, he's on Shetland. <laughs> uh, like I get, I'm, I'm literally looking through this guy's thing. I don't know him from anything other than like uh than dune but on the other hand playing his dad playing uh duke leto uh, atreides and that was william hurt that's where he hmm. spent the money um <laughs> you gotta you gotta spend it somewhere well oh, he was oh, oh, just come on alec newman was jack the ripper in assassin's creed syndicate well um you know, here's the thing: is it's they made they they made a Sci-Fi Channel also made a Children of Dune follow-up, which is a com- they combined Dune Messiah and Children of Dune into a single miniseries. And they did a follow-up, and that's the one that has the the really surprising cast, which includes um, besides the the Borg Queen herself, Alice Krieg, uh, has uh, uh, Susan Sarandon, who was the big money name they paid for, but a young James McAvoy. Oh. Oh, weird! In one of his earlier roles, um, Amy McAvoy. Cool. He's he's in Children of Dune, but he's not. So, but he's not in the adaptation of of Dune, which is really we should be right. talking about Dune. So, uh, the the Trey movie review of of Dune twenty twenty one is it's half the movie. Uh, it's about an hour longer than it needs to be, but it's very pretty, and uh, really. Uh, every moment that uh, every moment that you get on screen of Jason Momoa is worth it. Jason, so that's the thing is that this movie, like this movie, this movie has an amazing cast, right? Like you've got Oscar Isaac's playing Leto Atreides. You've got, I mean, Timothy Chalamet. Jeez. I actually finally have now seen a movie with Timothy Chalamet in it, which is remarkable. Um, that I had somehow avoided watching any movies with a minute before. But you got Oscar Isaacs, you've got um, Stellan Skarsgård playing um, Baron Harkonnen, but Jason Momoa plays Duncan Idaho. That's that's also... <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, but also, like, uh, Josh Brolin's in this, um, a whole bunch of other... I think Josh Rowland plays the same character that Patrick Stewart played in the 84 Dune. I always lose the character names, except for Duncan Idaho, I always remember. Um, but uh, Jason Momoa plays Duncan Idaho, and every minute that Jason Momoa is on screen, it, like, it, like, uh, also Dave Batista's in this thing, but every moment that, like, the movie just shifts when Jason Momoa's on screen, because Jason Momoa, who is playing the material straight and is not, like, hamming it up or doing anything, like, he's, he's just playing the character he is just so like effortlessly charming in the role that you just you just want to watch Jason Momoa like and and so like 
I, I will say for Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho, this this movie is worth it. Because <laughs> uh, it's it's true. Like if they cut this movie down to something lo- shorter, and if they cut a single second of Jason Momoa on screen, I would punch the director in the face. <laughs> because that's the best material in the whole film. And uh, yeah, it's. Is, I have a question. Is it correct that Oscar Isaac is nude? At one point in this film, or am uh, I yeah. just hearing things? No, he's naked. Okay, he's buck naked okay. at oh, one point. Okay. It's Good not, for him. It's not like fun naked, but he's oh, naked. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah. Okay. Never mind. No, it's it's not hot. Ah, uh, dang it. Yeah. Win some, you lose some. Yeah. I mean, some people might be into it, but it's not my particular uh, thing. In the scene, I would say Oscar Isaac's on a good day. Yeah, go for it. Um, but but that the context of the scene in which it's happening. No. Um, so Dune was a movie. So let's talk about something else. Uh, speaking of things that look really pretty, uh, Nick, introduce the next topic. Yeah. So um, let's uh, looking at. Um, Another one, and we keep bringing it up, but we finally got a proper trailer trailer, not like a proof-of-concept film for Cowboy Bebop, Uh, the upcoming live-action Netflix series. And uh, I have more confidence in the project than I did before, and I was pretty positive earlier, so it still looks good. Yeah, it still looks looks good. Uh, Wow, I can't wait for John Cho as Spike, though. Like just ah, that was perfect casting. I I've, yeah. I've been saying that for months, but God, yeah, he's got casting. the attitude down perfect. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, what's kind of throwing me, um, in a good way is just how much Mustafa Shakir sounds like Bo Billingsley did in the English version of of Bebop. Oh it's yeah, a, it's unnerving. <laughs> <laughs> like in a good way, but it is vaguely unnerving. It's like, oh wow, you really, your jet sounds identical. That's yeah. that's not bad, but it no, is the casting unexpected. is fan yeah. freaking fantastic, and the thing's not even out yet. <laughs> like, and just like all the visuals and like the tone and it just. Watching it honestly made me want to go back and watch the anime again. And if nothing else, maybe that'll be like the, no matter how the show turns out, I think mm. it's always good to uh, go back and rewatch Cowboy Bebop because it, it stands the test of time. It is a legit classic and yeah. I I love it to death. It's It's still really good. It's still amazing good. Well, it's, I, I just did a rewatch um, last year because uh, was that? La- yeah, it was last year because uh, <laughs> uh, my wife had never seen it. And so uh, like, yeah, no, it I was like, oh, God, please hold up. Please hold up because I hadn't rewatched it in a long time. And then, yay, it did everything except for Faye's outfit holds up. Um <laughs> Well, Faisal outfit technically I holds say, up, but contraire, it holds up despite gravity. Sometimes, yeah, I know. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
it, it's but, still one of my favorite anime ever. Probably all. But I will movie. say that like her portrayal in the live action, I think, is fan freaking tastic. It it's like, pitch perfect for what I want from Faye, like the smart ass. Oh yeah, no. Is she wearing the super revealing outfit like in the anime? No. But she's still wearing outfits that do some revealing. Oh, yeah. Like, you cut, you, there was a shot where it's like, oh, there's a boob there. (laughs) Hello. No, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very hyped. Yes, same. It still looks good. I'm still excited. I see no reason to not still be excited. Can't wait. And like, Legit can't wait. Even if it is, because I'm still unclear if it's um, just going to be like remaking the episodes or making new content. Because so far, I can see tons and tons of references to particular episodes. So it looks Mm -hmm. like they're just doing like a remake, which honestly is fine. Yeah. Because it looks so good and because it's being done so well. So also shout out to the one one other concern that I have that I've heard some people address that I do want to point out um mm. like for anyone complaining that uh Ed isn't in the trailers I agree Ed is an integral member of the crew but it's also worth noting that this is a 10 episode season and in the original anime Ed is only in 16 of the 26 episodes This is true So like there's a lot of content that uh, that best hacker girl was not present for. Plus, um, yeah, it's I mean, it's and, and Ed, Ed Eric and I up. were talking about this earlier. Um, you know, casting Ed. Well, it's gonna be a nightmare. Also, Ed shows up. <laughs> Ed shows up in episode nine of the original series. Yeah, yeah. ways in. Like... So so they're doing a 10-episode season one, and they're obviously wanting to take more time with these stories than they did in the original series. So, like, Ed not showing up until the second season would be fine. Also, or, contrarily, they could be secretly planning on having Ed show up in, like, episode 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. And they, you wouldn't want them to spoil that. No. It'd be a really fun cliffhanger, you know... To be like, oh, it's like the last episode. Right. And oh my gosh, like here's the silhouette of Ed. Of Ed, non binary icon Ed. Yeah. And, and despite not, and despite the fact that the character is in the opening of every episode, Ed's first appearance is like, it is a shock to the system when you get to that episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Jamming with Edward. So, like, you're. It it I'm all for making live action Ed that same kind of shock because you're you are probably going to bring in some newcomers to the series and that's fine too. Like I I still want people to go back and watch the original anime because it's one of the greatest television shows ever made. But and and for a lot of people, it's their introduction to anime, and honestly, it's mm-hmm. a really good one. Yeah. Like that's how you get people into anime. It's true. It, it, it's, it's definitely one of them. It's smart, it's stylish, it's emotional, it's just it's really really damn good. Mhm. And I it so far what I'm seeing makes me feel like the people working on it get it. 
Yeah. Um, and I know, and and admittedly, that's been a the one of the chief executives at Sunrise has been really. Uh, not a whole lot of people are making this comparison, but it's worth noting. Netflix is also the the distributor for the uh, live action Gundam film that's being uh, that's being directed by the director of Godzilla vs Kong, and um, Sunrise also owns Cowboy Bebop. Their current executives have been pretty protective of the properties that they have and trying to make sure that the studios that they have doing adaptations actually understand what they're working with and that makes me more optimistic as well sunrise has been pretty hands-on about this stuff this isn't g savior the 1999 canadian gundam movie where the only person on staff uh from sunrise who was on set did not speak any english um (laughs) That's a true story. Um, That's amazing. Uh, and the only other Japanese, uh, like, main staffer on the movie was Kunio Okawara, who did the same thing he'd been doing for Gundam since the 70s and drew the robots. Like, <laughs> I, I know, shocking. Uh yeah, no, I feel like I really do feel like this is going to be a special show. I can't wait to I can't wait to talk about it when it comes out. So, yeah, uh, that's your monthly Bebop update. From yeah, apparently I've got to look. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to not put Cowboy Bebop in the thumbnail for the episode. All right. Oh, wow. Oh, for once. Oh, that'll. Yeah. Really freak people out. I was I was really proud of last month. I liked <laughs> last month. I I. Um, but hey, but while we're talking about Cowboy Bebop and taking something that's typically anime and turning it into live action, I think we should talk about something that's typically live action and its new foray into animation. Ooh, yeah. Although, it, to be fair, the second series ever made in this franchise was animated. Yes, and it was, and the it was the first one to get an Emmy. But it's still worth acknowledging this is an interesting little jump because <laughs> Star Trek has yet another new show. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy made uh, technically for Nickelodeon, and uh, the first episode debuted this week. I know Trey and I watched it. Um, yeah, um, it's really good. I think it's fun. Animation's gorgeous, like really, really good animation. Um, if you were like me and kind of, despite my love of Lower Decks, uh. I was initially put off by the Rick and Morty art style. That is not present at all for this no, new show. It's, so, Thank okay. God. So for those of you who don't know, Star Trek Prodigy is uh, a new series that um, effectively they wanted to create a series that would onboard new Star Trek fans. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, really they, they saw how successful the Clone Wars were for Star Wars. Not kidding. They've like, some of the executives have just outright admitted this. Um, and said, hey, we, you know, we've got this whole generation of kids are not getting into Star Trek anymore. Um, we, we need a jumping on point for, for young viewers. And so that's, that's really what this is. Um, Star Trek Prodigy is uh, set roughly actually around the same time as Lower Decks in the timeline. Um, it's about 10 years after Voyager. It is technically set one year after season two of Lower Decks. Uh, and it's, uh, I, I definitely see the uh, 
um, Clone Wars in- inspiration in that yeah. General Grievous is just straight up in it. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> hey, look, that character's voiced by Jimmy Simpson. He could have looked like anything, and I would have loved it. I, I'm fine with it. The character was cool. Yeah. But, like, my... I, I immediately said my, General my, Grievous, too, yeah. It's like... My spouse and I are... My spouse is watching Clone Wars for the first time, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, she's really into it, but even she's like, and General Grievous is here. <laughs> like, he wandered over from Disney Plus, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, but the. I'm making fun of it, but I do I like this show. I was actually really genuinely concerned that they, you know, because, like, uh, when it came to the show like this, because so many times kids' animated series will cheap out on animation. And so that I mm-hmm. want, like, I was really happy that. Um, that uh that uh paramount took this seriously in the way that they were like animating it um and it's beautiful like it's the special effects shots of the hero shots of the uh the starship in this like literally did the same they brought tears to my eyes the way that like i'm such a freaking sucker uh when it comes to like star trek just emotionally like star trek will be like here's a starship you've never seen before but it fits the right kind of categories and so every little nostalgic heartstring in your body is going to pull when this moves dramatically through frame i'm like oh god yeah i know it worked for me too i'm right there with you bud i'm right there with you yeah it was um um, it was amazing it's gorgeous to look at yeah Interesting characters too. I, I appreciated the uh, the uh, collection of uh, of like different uh, alien species yeah, so... uh, popping up, and Jason Mudzukis is there, and that always makes me happy. Yeah, he's in theory um... actually playing a Tellarite. Um, right. Which so uh, for, to, to which so to give you the setup of the series without the this and this is pretty spoiler free. Um, the uh the the series is you're not following a federation crew um it's a bunch of uh teenagers in the delta quadrant um there is uh effectively um there was this guy who had like was slaves just enslaving people um and they they kind of uh run across this um they end up running across uh, this, uh, like the USS Protostar, which was a prototype, um, starship. And it, uh, yeah, it's, uh, a prototype Federation starship that had never, that had been at some point, we don't know the story about where it came from or, um, how it got there, but, um, it's built after Voyager returned home. So it's, uh, it's a post Voyager series. Um, at some point, for some reason, a starship protostar was sent off into the uh, the Delta Quadrant and crashed and has been abandoned there. And these kids who are effectively escaping a pretty bad situation find the starship and steal it. And that's the first episode is what you get. You get with them stealing the starship and the kids. None of them are mm-hmm. human. Um, they are an array of species. Uh, one of the characters is a Medusan. Which uh, for for the original series fans, he it's an, in a Medusan and kind of like pulling a Vorlon where they're in an encounter suit effectively um, that they've built themselves. Modern Trek has been doing a lot of pulling from 
original series aliens like the yeah. orions have been getting a lot of love the andorians yeah and now been, and, and and one of the kids not complaining one of the kids is a tellerite and I, I i'm really interested to see how they got the, how the how the tellerite jason manzukas's character is a tellerite and i'm really interested to see how he got there um but we do get to like you know there's a minor appearance by a kazon because they're in the delta quadrant um right importantly though there is uh there is a not a returning character, but a returning actor in the fact that the ship, uh, the USS Protostar, this prototype starship, has an emergency command hologram. Uh, well, an emergency like training hologram. It's it can actually take command, um, from what I've I've read about what's coming up, and that is a hologram of Captain Catherine Janeway. So can and the I, fact uh, that it represents her as a captain means it probably was created in the interim between Voyager getting back and her promotion to admiral in Nemesis. Can, can I talk? I need. I want to mention something that's really uh, why that hit me as kind of nostalgic. Um, when I was a, a little kid, um, Voyager was of course a new show. And I watched uh, some of my earliest memories of watching TV with my dad were watching Next Generation and DS9 together. And that was really that was a time that I really valued. But when I was young and I I cannot find the name of this special, but one of the first specials on TV to promote Star Trek Voyager was aired on Nickelodeon. So for me Catherine Janeway coming back on a show uh, that that's intended for Nickelodeon that just I don't know that warms my heart in a special sort of way it just takes me back to my my early Trekker roots I, I love it it well, just makes me happy I mean for me like one of my earliest experiences with Star Trek was actually watching Star Trek the animated series reruns on Nickelodeon as a kid in the 80s oh nice yeah so it's like it it's very much a like I grew up with that mm. like that this is star trek on nickelodeon is like a normal place for star trek for to be for me it's the right place for it to be and uh, i'll uh, i i mean that yeah then again you're also talking to someone who thinks that um the animated series has some legitimately very good trek episodes and should be held in higher regard than it is but well it is canon um, though so that's important. it is canon that is important because there there legitimately are good episodes of animated series. Not all of them are good, but not all of the episodes of the original series are good either. Like that's an unfair standard to hold it to. I don't know. I just i i like i liked what uh, Pro, um, Prodigy's introduction. I think the characters are charming. Um, even if uh, not just General Grievous, but also. Um, the entire uh, Republic clone army is there. You you probably didn't realize it, but the little goo monster is voiced by D. Bradley Baker, who okay. plays each and every one of the clones in Clone Wars. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the little goo monster also voices all of the clones in Clone Wars and the Bad Batch. So that's something. I'm. I don't know what it is, but it's something. I'm looking forward to watching this every week. It's cute. It makes me happy. Yeah, no, it's, 
I I think it's a really great. I think it's going to be a great entry. It's I was afraid that like it wouldn't be something I'd enjoy because it is for kids, and I want the show to be approachable for for kids. But let's be clear. That's Star Trek being accessible to a new generation is very important to me because it means they'll keep making the show as I grow old and die. Um, that was probably my biggest issue with the first season of Discovery. Honestly, was that it was definitely not. It was definitely not accessible for kids, and that that bummed me yeah. out. Yeah, I really love that show too. Well, it's I grew up watching the original series, and then like uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation came on in 1987 when I was like six. Um, and so like I, like I don't remember when exactly it premiered. I turned seven in 1987, but I think it premiered while I was still six years old. I'd have to go look up the date on IMDb or something. But either way, like I was like a kid, kid. And I watched Next Generation from Encounter at Farpoint on. Like, it's it was... Because my parents... My parents... It's so weird because my parents are not nerds like like we are. Um, but, importantly, like, they were fans of Star Trek and Doctor Who, just but the way that they watch any other TV shows. Right. And so it's, uh, like growing up watching you know star trek but so that meant that like a new star trek series was appointment viewing in my family you know and so it's like every time a new star trek show came out like and so it's still like when i go home and i visit my parents we're gonna probably i don't know if they're gonna watch prodigy my parents did not get into lower decks uh (laughs) because they they've they've really enjoyed they've enjoyed discovery and picard and they are excited about strange new worlds but they did not get the humor in Lower Decks is much more finely attuned towards me than it is towards them. But my parents are in their 60s. Uh, so. Yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, I, I can understand people not not vibing with Lower Decks. I, I, I think love they're it, wrong, but I'm but, not going to pretend um, it's for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> If Lower Decks isn't for you, there's something wrong with you. No, um, I'm kidding. Everyone, it's humor is subjective. And I, you know, I think that everyone has the right to like whatever they like, even when they're wrong. I'm very helpful right now. Uh, <laughs> you know. Prodigy is good. Prodigy is fun. It's good. Enjoy its, it's show. It's real good. I like it. Uh, go watch it. Yeah. You'll enjoy it, probably. If you don't, uh, no hard feelings. Except for you, specifically, you know who you are. All the feelings Ryan. are. Yeah. They're whatever. <laughs> anyway. Real talk, the only Star Trek that I know for sure that Archimedes has watched was the time that I forced him to watch Threshold. Because I wanted to subject. Why would my you do that to, to the him? Worst episode of just... <laughs> first off, it's Threshold is not the worst episode of Voyager. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. It's not. Everybody knows the worst episode of Voyager is Tuvix. Okay, that's pretty bad too. But like, I don't know. I just. Oh, is that his, his tongue falls out and he turns into a salamander? <laughs> oh, 
I've seen Threshold more than any other Voyager. Why? I don't know. I think it's funny. What is wrong with you? I think it's one of the most inadvertently funny pieces of television. It is Star Trek. And Janeway and Paris never talk about the fact that they fucked after that episode. (laughs) I know I said it twice, which should earn us an explicit, but I'm not going to mark the episode explicit because I'm a wild card like that. But they never talk about having gotten it on ever again. I understand that they were lizards at the time, but it still counts when you're a lizard. I'm just putting it out there. Like... If you that quote of the episode, it still counts when you're a lizard. I want, I want you all to know that. Still counts. <laughs> I found we found the episode title. Um, <laughs> and they just left their kids there. They had babies. Whatever, they're lizards. They'll they're Federation out. citizens. Uh, 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 magic reset button. Don't worry about it. All right. So I guess that's our review of Star Trek Prodigy. It still counts when you're a lizard. All right. <laughs> that's our review of a children's show. <laughs> Moving on to the Vomit Hat Steve Challenge. The Vomit Hat Steve Challenge is the part of the episode where I read to you a line from a book, and the challenge to you, the listener, is to guess what book I am reading from. If you guess correctly, your name will be included in the Hall of Awesome. The benefits of the Hall of Awesome are as follow. One, we put your name on a webpage we've buried somewhere on nerdandtie.com. Two, we read your name aloud every episode of this podcast that hardly anyone listens to, including you. You're not listening right now at all, are you, Tony? And three, Tony... I won't have to do the thing. Anyways, current members of the Hall of Awesome are as follows. <sighs> Archimedes Zero, Rina Nascenti, Cheesy McDamu, Krista, Slithery D, Shameless Otaku, The Random Ramblings, Van Corfan, Capito, Chris Graham, Lilysaurus, Paper Godzilla, Cavsy, The Minnesota Librarian, Sean Orange, Keith Shizuwu, Sakura Sunset, Joel Kreisman, Patrick Delahanty, Wonderland Hearts, and Megzi Sass Council. And the current book is in front of me and in my hands. And this will be your... That's not the line. That's just me talking about the book. She led the way through the dusty crystals and slabs into the back of the shop where there was a wide corridor lined with shelves. Crystals of all sizes sparkled down at him. If you know a book that's from, go to nerdentai.com and click go to the contact page. Click on the form reform and tell us. Or, you know, we used to do this thing called mailbag every episode where we'd, like, read your letters. Remember that? Remember that, guys? Well, you could still send that stuff in, Archimize. Send us some letters, maybe. Because... Because you're married doesn't mean you don't get to send letters anymore, Archimize. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So uh, do that, or else we'll start making up stuff, and the slander will just begin. It's... I Archimize specifically. I'm not threatening anyone else to make up letters from them, but I will make up a letter from Archimize if that's what it takes to get the <laughs> stupid segment going again. Um, because I know exactly why it happened. Because we lost. I the listenership numbers have not dropped. I know that the same number of people are listening to this dang show as used to. You know, I don't know if they're the same people, but uh, yeah, it's uh. 
<sighs> right, write us something. We like hearing from you. We want to know your thoughts, yeah, your dreams, your hopes. Tell us uh, why uh, you think that thing went that way that one time when you were paying attention to it. Just go for it, dude. Just go for it. Oh, man. Tell us what design you carved into your Halloween pumpkin this year. Yeah, let, let's see some pumpkins. We, we we don't actually I we don't have we don't we're an audio based program first off. We're but, an audio. I I still want to know. But secondly, about it. it's a text based form. So just describe I, your pumpkin describe in text. It beautifully. With describe yeah. your describe your pumpkin in prose and and tell us all about it and and why it makes you feel special. And if you do want to show us a picture of your beautifully carved pumpkin, you should join the Nerd and Tie Discord. Exactly. The Nerd yeah, and Tie Discord. Come on, on there. Oh my god, I forgot to I forgot to do the thing at the beginning of the episode where I mentioned Nerd and Tie Podcast is part of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network, unsurprisingly. For more podcasts from actual play to true crime to witchcraft, go to nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash discord where you'll find an invite. Pretend I did that at the beginning of the show and not at the end of the show, everybody. Uh, and we've got this great photographic fun um, section on the uh, the Discord so you can share photos. So send us photos of your cool Halloween costumes and your pumpkins and uh, tell us how neat they are. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on at the Nerd and Tie Network. A new show just launched this last week from the creators of Famicom Dojo. Sean Orange and Vink have launched... Uh, Two boobs watch the tube, um, in which uh, they they included a reference to the boob tube, which is a phrase that n most people listening to the podcast are too young to get. But you know, uh, they are effectively every episode review a season of a show. In their first episode, they in fact review the first season of C on Apple TV Plus, which stars Jason Momoa, and they go in deep discussion about that. And in the second episode. They talk about sci-fi channel classic Farscape, which means Farscape. we some which was made by a lot of the same people helped in that stuff who made the Dune miniseries. So it all ties together, guys. This is network yeah. synergy. So you should <laughs> you should check it. The show's pretty funny. Um, just I mean, we're a podcast network, and we didn't have uh, two cishet guys discussing uh, television shows anywhere on the network. And and Sean and Vink bravely stepped up and said, "Hey, we're the we're we're your two cishet guys." So um, I guess maybe they could have uh, like uh, Tyler from uh, Cool and Unusual Punishment guest sometime and just get all of them on one show. Be like that shot with all the women superheroes in Endgame. It's just our our th our three cishet guys. Yeah. Well, and Scott. Yeah. Well, I guess Scott. I don't. I've never asked Scott <laughs> what his orientation <laughs> is. Are we? Uh, oh, Scott from the Meat Grinder. Yeah. 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 No, he's he's a cishet guy. Yeah. Okay. So we get Scott. So Scott, Tyler, <laughs> Sean, and Vink. We'll get them all on one episode. That's that's gotta be the plan, right? Yep. That, I, Sounds good to me. Let's make good it plan. happen. That's all of them. Anyways, uh, this show you can follow us on social media at Nerd and Tie on Twitter, nerdandtie.tumblr.com. Um, or you can find the, the, the podcast other about nerdandtie.com where all of our shows can be found. Uh, and uh, you can remember, you can support this show financially either by sponsoring an episode 
Or you can support uh, me directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R and Nick directly on Patreon at patreon.com slash Nickazumi. And again, sell stuff under Ocelot Dude Designs. Right? On Etsy. On Etsy. That's a word that I should have included in that description. <laughs> and uh, remember, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Podcasts, on pretty much anything. And if there's a place you can rate and review... Uh, do that. Oh, yeah, and you can, like, follow the whole network on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdandtie. I forgot to mention that. Sweet. Uh, I'm dumb. Anyways, uh, so in your hearts, in your minds, if you have a find a place that is empty and hollow, remember, remember, you can always just shove a bunch of sand in there and say it's another Dune remake, and even if nothing happens for several hours, just say uh, you're trying to do it cinematography, uh, cinematographic justice. I guess. No, oh, we lost all of our Dune fans now. I liked the movie. That's the <laughs> review. I overall enjoyed the dang film. It was a good movie. It's just too long for the. It it didn't need to be that long. It could have been shorter and better. That doesn't make it bad. It means it could have been better. Yeah, whatever you gotta tell yourself. I don't know. And Jason Momoa is great. They should have cast him as a character who lives past the first movie. Spoiler! Anyways, say your catchphrase, Nick. Keep on spocking in the free world. And again, again, it still counts when you're a lizard. <laughs>